welcome to Tripping Over the Barrel, a series that highlights the unique personalities within the oil and gas industry and the stories they have to share with your hosts and lead storytellers, Tilo and Dr. Funkenstein. A quick round two with Mike Umbro. Tim, why don't you segue us into this one? You know, it, it struck me with the oil spill that happened in the, the pipeline offshore of uh, California. And we had such a good conversation with Mike where we kind of fringed on all kinds of things. And then Mike's had a field day on LinkedIn, just really talking it up. And I thought maybe we should have a new type of thing on tripping over their barrel, like, you know, tripping over their barrel shorts. shorts. So let's, yeah. I want to bring Mike back on and really just talk about all these things. We don't need to go back through his history. You guys can go check out his episode to get all that, but really want to hit, you know, what's happening down there in Southern California after this oil spill, right? Absolutely. Okay, maybe a little history. Back. So Mike, yeah. go go through how it evolved and then let's let's dig into the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. So my understanding, I woke up, what was that, Saturday morning and saw in the LA Times. I subscribe to the LA Times online just to get my daily propaganda because it's basically <laughs> Gavin go. Newsom's PR machine. <laughs> so I'm like, oh crap, there's an oil spill. And my initial thought was, oh no, I hope it's you know, not corrosion or deferred maintenance. And that was my initial thought uh, because you hear about that being out here. Um, and then as it really didn't take long for this for the, kind of the news to break that it was probably a ship anchor and um, it wasn't, what was it? 15,000 barrels or 5,000 barrels. And now it's down to 500 barrels. And so everything's kind of been revised down and down and down. But of course, um, they were quoting in gallons instead of gallons. Yeah, hundreds of really? thousands of gallons. 126,000 gallons. And I'm sitting here, oh, wait a minute, divide by 42. Oh, 3,000 barrels. Oh, and, and not, to, not to downplay, <laughs> that's still a lot of oil to be floating out right. there. But it just, it doesn't mean as much because, you know, you got two wells in, in West Texas producing that in a day. Right. right. Yeah. I put a post out like that's six frack tanks and I put an overhead of a shot. It got like 300 yeah. likes when that happens to me. I'm like, wow, that's basically that's a good viral that's for a me. Cool but I, <laughs> but it's like it's like, why are we not producing onshore and supporting this more and supporting local California production? Although that's obviously local as well. But, you know, the calls from the regulators were immediately to just shut everything down because I did find it oil. interesting that it was. All right. Not focusing on offshore or even very offshore where ship anchors can be it was everything the entire mm -hmm. state that they, right. they just we're going to go for everything and you yep. know what was what was kind of the reaction general public and the industry and so on yeah general public um you know i have some friends that are kind of on the you know environmentalist activist side that are surfers and you have that community down here and sure. you know they're posting stuff like everything should end and stop but right. Right. interestingly when you look at some of the instagram comments of the feedback a lot of people are like oh yeah you know we should just shut everything down because all the surfers driving mercedes sprinter vans and <laughs> rvs to the different state <laughs> parks to surf you know we can't do it without all so it's interesting that uh, I was surprised. There are some people out there that might not be industry experts, but that understand we need oil and gas. So uh, I was surprised on that end. Well, there was something else that came out about California recently too, about 2024. What what was that? Yeah. Something has to 2024, end. 2024, you can you can no longer buy a gas powered lawnmower, lawnmower or lawnmower. Leaf you know. 
because they want to drive wow. up the cost for all the, the right. landscapers because, you know, like they need that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, I mean, you could do like Vegas and no one can have a front yard anymore. No more grass. Yeah, it just rocks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's just, a, of course, they do it for water, not for, mm-hmm. you know, lawnmowers, but that's coming. That's going right, to come. Right, right, you know? It's interesting. I always find it interesting that we're going to make it harder for landscapers to do their job, but we're going to say nothing about crude tankers, which bring 60 to 70% of the crude oil into California. There's, it's just nothing. Crickets. Nobody talks about it. It's, well, it's I mean, and we'll go back, to, go back to a topic that we came on our show. We talked about on our show the last time, which was Ecuador. And mm-hmm. you, you've, you've made a mm-hmm. mention a bunch of times on your LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I think even on this after the spill. So we're, we're at the time, we're talking about 3,000 barrels that got cleaned up for the most right. part. Uh, right. With people walking around on the beach, cleaning up and skimmers and everything else. And then meanwhile, we're going to stop production in California or try to stop production in California. So we're going to import all of our oil, all of Ecuador's oil. Right. And, you know, when they had a spill, I, how big was that one? It was like 15,000 barrels and that's what they reported. So it's probably right. a couple times bigger in that case. Yeah. And it wasn't cleaned up. No, it, so it was still left, art- where, yeah. left where it laid. Right. And there's <laughs> still articles now about, um, you know, 120,000 people without drinking water because they're using that river, the Coca River to drink and live and, and, you know, nothing. So now, and, and if you look at immigration statistics over the summer, Ecuador was one of the, the, the largest groups of people immigrating wow. here, probably because it's a mess, but yeah, if you can't get clean reasons. drinking water, you might as well be in Flint. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> my, all the environmental problems together. <laughs> yeah. my, uh, my financial advisor is from Flint, which is, which is a little bit neat. Right. And I give him so much credit because he made it out, Yeah, <laughs> but it used to be like a bustling area. I guess his dad was in the automotive industry and it, it's not what Flint became, but that's mm-hmm. a, it's a completely different story for somebody from Michigan that comes on to. No, so I, I'll, I'll pivot a little bit, but it's related. Um, the container ships that are just out mm-hmm. offshore uh, mm-hmm. California. I mean, I see the CNN clip with a drone flying over and you see the ships that seem to be all anchored out there, a little parking lot. Right. From the shore, you know, just standing out in Huntington Beach or Long Beach or wherever you are. Is it just ship after ship sitting out there? It's crazy. Yeah. When we've actually, we went to a an event uh, in Huntington Beach, the California Independent Petroleum Association, one of the the president of that group has a place there. And so we took the coast and when we drove up from Laguna beach and Newport, um, it stacks up for miles, you know, bumping up into Newport beach. And then you're driving through Huntington beach and it's just ship, 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 ship all the way to long beach and Los Angeles port complex. It's, it's terrible. It's insane. What, what's why? What's going on? Like, explain it to me as if I don't know anything. There's a number of factors that are playing. Apparently, so you've got the COVID lockdowns, which okay. kind of shut down the port normal order of operations. Then sure. there's word about um, because California is cracking down on non-union drivers you know, the owner operator drivers can't go offload at the port anymore. So then you take away Mm -hmm. those drivers and then you've got the issues of just hiring anybody, as we know, in oil and gas, hiring anybody right now is next to impossible because 
we're paying people to sit at home. So you've got all the, you know, a big shortages of drivers just being able to uh, access the containers and move them off the port complex. Um, and then there's, you know, I've, I've even heard someone say there's an issue with low sulfur bunker fuel, that we have a shortage of that. So they're not able to fill the ships back up to get out of there. I don't know how much that one's true, but um, I think the labor shortage is is one of the bigger factors in the, in the mm. shortage of drivers. Yeah, I've, I've heard people talk about wow. kind of the whiplash effect as well, where China and the places where these container ships are coming from shut down for however long. Mm-hmm. And so nothing came out. And so then when Got it started, started, it's just like all the inventory went out all at once. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of a, maybe a logistics jam there, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, ultimately just, there's no takeaway capacity. And and I guess people were complaining here that the ports on either East or West coast cannot operate 24 hours. Wow. So there yeah. were one shift, one shift to unload the container ships, um, you know, and then you, there's not enough drivers to, you know, to get everything out of there. And, I, and now I imagine just, even if you can find enough drivers, I could just imagine the traffic jam. There's got to be down there trying to get all that stuff out of there. Yeah. Well, they and don't usually have traffic down there anyway. Yeah, so I was going to say it's a nightmare to begin with. It's crazy. What is that? What is that freeway? The 710 that comes off yeah. of, uh, comes off of Long Beach. Yeah. You know, basically ends right there at the port. It's just yep. like, it's just nonstop container trucks just driving out of there. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but they'll all is, be electric shortly enough. Right. So, yeah. I, well, yeah. I mean, that goes back to kind of the conversation we had with Karthik too, about how United Airlines would love to buy, what did he say? An electric airplane. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they're putting in orders to get it when it's available, but they can't fly an electric airplane right now. Like, you know how far away we are from that. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very interesting to, well, yeah, I'm sure we got eventually. the first, the first mega charger being apparently they leaked that it was, you know, Tesla's getting ready to have the first mega charger testing area. So, I mean, just imagine trying to charge one of these electric trucks to be able to drive it out. I mean, you've got to have, I mean, that's a pretty Power. serious. And you're talking about a charger that would charge, would, would power 10 homes, something mm-hmm. like that, to be mm-hmm. able to charge a truck. So, I mean, there's, there's another infrastructure problem coming when, when you put those electric trucks in. Now, what are you going to do with the, anyway, long, right. there's all kinds of interesting things about, yes, we all want this technology, but are we ready? We're not ready for it. You know, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of things that have to happen. Uh, complicated moving parts. Yeah. They are plugging so, in con- the cargo ships though. Some that are able to plug into shore power, mm-hmm. but that doesn't help if they're all idling off the coast. Yeah. And yeah. Just but I guess that was the next, the next question I have. Are they just, idling or are they anchored offshore how does well, that- you got to run the i mean you got to run the kitchen for the people the auxiliary engines all that i mean it's like a floating city these things are so big it's like a skyscraper on its side so they got to run all their auxiliary engines so um that port complex is the largest source of pollution in the la basin it out the the socks and NOx emissions from those ships outweigh all the refineries and industrial complexes combined and now we've concentrated wow. them all in one place for 50 right. days or how long right, right. stuck there. Oh, can, do you notice, is it like if you roll down your windows, is, does it smell bad when you drive? Yeah, past? I mean, you notice more driving. It's just like everything is like yellow. It's like you're mm. in a urine filled punch bowl or fish bowl. <laughs> it's kind of how I describe it. Like, I don't know 
why anybody would want to live in that air quality. It's, it is bad. You see it. It's just everything's yellow. Wow. Um, so but, now I guess we're, what, a couple weeks, 10 days out from the spill. Yep. And I, I saw one week post-spill, mm-hmm. the beach was back open and people were surfing oh, yeah. and, you know, no big deal. So hmm. what's what's going on now? Is it could you even notice if you're down there at the beach, do you even know that that spill happened if you're I don't there? think you do. I have a buddy with a boat out in the Newport Harbor who's going to take me out now that it's open. Uh, we were talking like right after it happened, hey, take me out, and they shut it down. Yeah. Uh, we probably could have gone out and seen nothing. But, um, yeah, he showed me. I, I'm like, hey, is it crazy? Can you even boat in that area? And he's like, no, he, showed, he sent me a video. And he's kind of moving around the container. I mean, they're just parked everywhere and he's boating around. And, um, you know, they, I think they tallied up, I don't know, 40 birds were affected and maybe 30 of them died. Um, but you know, if you look at the NOAA statistics, over a thousand birds die every year from natural seepage in, in that along the whole coast. I mean, my daughter, we get it in San Diego, tar balls all the time, and it's just naturally occurring. So I don't think you would see anything out of the ordinary um, if you went out there whatsoever. Oh, that's that's good stuff. We're going to keep this short today, like we said, Tim. So we got two more minutes. I have a question. I know you got another one too. I want to ask you this just to touch on oil prices right now because oil and natural gas is going ham. Um, what are some of the things that you're seeing and let me give you some basis for this living here in Colorado because of the political climate, it really hasn't changed much. I actually Mm -hmm. think somebody said the other day, there's more active rigs in Kansas or something Mm -hmm. like that. So Mm -hmm. we're, we're in a situation where the, the, the political desires are still kind of driving out what could be an economic boon. Are you experiencing some of that in California or what is it, what is it looking like for you guys with $80 and 550 gas? We were going to be drilling uh, in December and um, again in May uh, next year, but now the Kern County Environmental Impact Report recirculated ERR just got hung up in courts again. Um, and so now we can't get drilling permits again. So oh. it's, it's sad because a lot, of, a lot of producers want to be drilling and they, if you didn't have permits already, you can't. Um, so th- they're still doing everything they can to uh, shut us down from a policy standpoint, despite Biden saying, you know, we're being anti-competitive, whatever. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's sad. It's really sad what's going on, but we want to drill. We're ready. Governor Newsom, <laughs> we're ready. If you're listening. <laughs> how, how many will, how many wells do you have planned already? We had, I mean, we had five planned, two, two vertical wells and three horizontals in the spring. Nice. We were going to drill in December. We did start construction on a percolation pond, um, so we'll push forward with that. But we had five in the next, you know, call it six months we were going to drill. And how many do you have in your area? How many uh, wells do you think you could drill in your area, assuming success and prices hold up and everything? Full else? development, anywhere between 120 and 150. Uh, producers and around 70 injectors for steam. So we'll, oh, yeah, we'll full field development. We'll spend a hundred million dollars on this field. Wow. And we've presented that to our state Senator at, at the district level to try to get some, you know, response. So I, well, here's, here's for hoping you get that done and yeah. think about all of the uh, people that you will be employing for that, that hundred million dollar development. Exactly. Um, state of California. Think about that. There's and people that- making, yeah. 
that there oil's going to that oil's going to flow for a long time tim i remember you showing me decline curves uh in value navigator shout out valnav version whatever that was absolutely <laughs> and you showing me some bakken and then showing me some uh kern county and it was amazing i'm like oh, well, yeah. when does it go down you're like no it just produces <laughs> barrels yeah, I mean, yeah it's it's not it's not uh it's not crazy but you know eight barrels a day for the rest of your lifetime right it's pretty oh, good at $82 a barrel or whatever we're sitting at now. We pegged everything at 42. So, and we make good money at 42. So wow. we're ready. I mean, our, our OPEX per barrel will be like eight bucks. So that's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, yeah. hopefully things get straightened out. Maybe there's, you know, maybe, I don't know, but I'm thinking, is there, is there a way for you? You've put these plans together how do you bring something green into it? How do you bring ESG into it through the way that you're going to be a socially responsible operator? Cause you know what you're getting into in the belly of the beast. So you right. have to be better. Right. Uh, right. How do you present yourself as someone or something that is going to continue to produce responsibly look to be, you know, uh, you know, net zero carbons, yeah. like all those things. How do you, how do you go about that? We can do a lot. Our, our water, our TDS on our water is less than is 9,000 to 17,000. So you got water you can recycle, sell to ag really, you know, legitimately. Um, you've got, uh, we're looking at EOR technology to capture flue gas off our steam generators, put that down hole and yep. get enhanced oil recovery. Operators are putting solar out there to to use solar steam technology, and then you generate LCFS credits in California. So there's there's a lot you can do in California, and an operator like us, we have zero you know legacy issues. We don't have a you know thousand idle wells. So um, it's sad that the regulators can't find middle ground for producers that want to develop you know the next generation oil field. That oil field 2.0 that we all talk about, we can do it, but um, we can't if they just hang on to our permits and, you know, leave us hanging forever. So it's frustrating, but just, I wish more people could, could listen to this, Tim, because, and, and, you know, I had a a conversation with an executive at uh, Continental Resources earlier today, and I was asking him too, what he's doing. He said, they've put a ton of solar out in the field right now. Like that's Mm -hmm. been a pretty big initiative, not something you're going to hear about in the news, but now this is the second time today, right. That I'm hearing this. And I hope more people just in the universe can, can hear this, right? This isn't just you going out for the sake of being greedy and building out a hundred dollar million dollar plan. This is producing responsible energy, but also taking steps to be a better operator than how people did it a hundred years ago. And even last year. So I commend you for that. Yeah. Hopefully we, I mean, and it's, and it's affordable and it's known technology. We only need like a megawatt of solar. It's not much. I mean, you spend a million bucks on a solar array, and you know you're off the grid at least during the day you know you spend another million maybe you could do a battery but um you know it's it's affordable and it can happen and you know we're eager to do it if if we can get the right policymakers on board with us well next time you come on here hopefully you're drilling turning yeah absolutely yeah we'll have you out and we'll have a barbecue out there or something (laughs) count us in yeah. Well, anyway, hey, thanks. This was very short notice, Mike. I'm glad you're able to make it. And this is the first of our uh, tripping over the barrel shorts. Maybe this will become a thing. Cool. Um, but, you know, we'll we'll build a network of people we can bring on and touch these hot topics as they come up. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you, Mike. Right on. <laughs>